Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host, shall I? Do you know what, folks? Today is National Crush a Can Day, and my co-host is so delighted that in the 70s, the soda and beer industries switch from steel cans to aluminum cans because now everybody is a tough guy. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. Happy Crush a Can Day to you, Sheila. Do you know what, David? Oh, am I frozen? No. Um, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't crush it like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Just like chug it, crush it, throw it. Like, you missed an incredible opportunity to chug a beer on live TV, crush the can and throw it away. What a disappointment. I can't afford the dry cleaning bill, Sheila. But, you know, <laughs> once upon a time, that was the measure of a tough guy. You take a steel can yeah. in one hand and you would crush it. And like I said, now everybody's a tough guy. Thanks to the miracle packaging of aluminum. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, we should tell everybody what we're doing today because it is a real stuffed sausage of a day today uh, with all the comings and goings in the House of Commons and everybody having an opinion on what's going on in the House of Commons. Uh, so we should get to that. And uh, there's this whole sidebar of the parents' protests and uh, like literally everybody's turning on Justin Trudeau and I couldn't be happier <laughs> about it. I'm just sad that it happened so late. Um, but anyways, this is a Rebel News Daily Roundup. It's normally hosted by my friend David Menzies, who joins me today in a rotating cast of characters. Today, I am that character, but it's not always me, wherein we talk about the news of the day or yesterday sometimes, completely unscripted. And sometimes as it happens, news sometimes breaks as we're talking about it. And it's a great way for us to interact with each other because I work remotely and I'm not uh, I'm not all that frequently in the office. So it's a good time for me to chat with my friend David Menzies. But it also gives us an opportunity to interact directly with you, the viewer at home. And it gives you the opportunity to support your favorite little network that could. So if you are watching us on the censorship platform of YouTube, okay, fine. <laughs> but if you want to watch us on a platform that doesn't care about your politics and lets you interact with us and support us, might I suggest you head on over to Rumble or Odyssey. On Rumble, you can leave something called a Rumble Rant. That's their paid chat. It supports us here at Rebel News because we'll never take a penny from that uh, Nazi apologist, Justin Trudeau. Um, and on Odyssey, it's called a Hyper Chat if you leave more than the $5 US minimum, we are obligating ourselves to read it on air, but don't make that the bar for participation for you. If it's under that, frequently we read it on air. Sometimes we even read the free chat. So there's your encouragement to leave a paid chat or even just leave a chat. If we think it is a thoughtful chat, funny chat, we just might read it on air for free. So that is how things work around here. I'll throw it back to my friend, David Menzies. 
Well, you know, Sheila, I love that term, Nazi apologist. Jeez, <laughs> Mr. Diversity's having a bad year so far. And, <sighs> you know, I'm looking at the federal polling numbers, Sheila. Um, conservatives <laughs> at 42%, that's up eight points. Liberals at 23%, that's down double digits, 10 points. Forget about the rest. Uh, Jugmeet Singh is uh, driving his party right into a flaming dumpster heap. Uh, but if you are interested, NDP 18, uh, Green Party 7, and the Bloc Quebecois 6. So I'm going to read the tea leaves here, Sheila, and try to envision myself as a crystal ball reader. And I think the result is this. There is no way in hell we're getting an early fall election. <laughs> I'm looking uh, more and more at 2025. Right now, the only thing on the prime minister side or the liberal side is time. And uh, in terms of, and we're talking two years because they can rag the puck until October 2025. And we're not even into October of 2023 yet. And I guess they're counting on Canadians to have um, very short memories, Sheila. I mean, all these scandals, I mean, you called them a, a Nazi apologist, um, <laughs> blackface, uh, the groping of uh, Mrs. Knight, uh, SNC-Lavalin, um, Chinese electoral interference, uh, two disastrous India trips. You know, Sheila, I, it, it's almost as though this guy is made of Teflon. I mean, it hurts that the media don't do their job and carry water for this guy, the trained seals that they are. But can he survive this one? And by that I mean, um, can we see kind of a, a Julius Caesar uh, ending here where his own caucus and cabinet turn on him and simply insist that he resign because the way these numbers look right now, um, this is potentially a conservative majority government if an election were held today. From your lips to God's ears, David Menzies. Um, <laughs> you know, if you look at these polling numbers, it's pretty telling that most of the liberal support is bleeding directly into the conservatives. And the NDP, they're down 1%. So what is that, a, a rounding error? Uh, the NDP voters are just entrenched NDP voters. They're not going to, they, they, they aren't moving anywhere, but those liberal voters look like they're moving directly to the conservative party of Canada. And boy, doesn't that prove the strategy of the last two elections from the conservative party completely wrong. Mm. You know, they thought to get our hands on some of them, their liberal voters, we have to be more like the liberals and it didn't work. But once they selected a leader who was, Completely opposite of Justin Trudeau. Nerdy, smart, smug, thoughtful, um, good with numbers, good with uh, middle class Canada. And, and as Justin Trudeau likes to say, people trying to join the middle class. Um, once they went away from liberals in blue ties over to actual conservatives, the there suddenly becomes a reason to plant your vote with the conservatives because there was never a reason to change. You know, if you're offering the same, well, why change? So maybe the conservatives might learn something here. I, I, I'm not convinced. They tend not to learn things. They tried things two or three times um, to much failure before they actually do something different. But this is different. And 
you know, it's it's showing in the polls. Yeah, they jettisoned that loser, Aaron O'Toole, of course. Uh, that was one of the true tangible effects of the Freedom Convoy, uh, the end of his political career. And he really was a loser, Sheila. I remember the 2021 election. He had a great first week. Trudeau had a horrible first week. And everybody says, never judge an election campaign on week one. And then O'Toole had a great second week, and Trudeau had a horrible second week. And it was around that time, you know, into the halfway mark, well, you know what, maybe a carbon tax, maybe a gun grab, maybe these aren't such bad things with the um, <laughs> fantasy hope of wooing liberals over to the Conservative uh, Party. And we all know what happened. Um, it was an absolute disgrace. I think there'll be teaching that campaign in political science uh, classrooms for decades uh, to come, Sheila, because it was literally snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. We shouldn't be here right now. And you could say uh, a little uh, of that for uh, Andrew Scheer as well. Um, for the most part, Pierre Polyev, I think, is saying and doing all the right things. There's been, I've, I've counted three self-inflicted uh, wounds uh, that he didn't have to commit on himself, but uh, time might take care of that. And say, uh, as we're speaking of Polyev, why don't we throw to a video where uh, Mr. Polyev has joined the chorus asking blackface to, oh, you know, <laughs> personally apologize for uh, lauding a Nazi in the House of Commons. Let's check out his words. Justin Trudeau was responsible for inviting President Zelensky to the House of Commons to give that speech. <clears throat> he was responsible for making the event a success. He is responsible for the officials at Global Affairs, the intelligence services, the Prime Minister's protocol office, all of him whom could have and should have asked for a complete vetted list of every one of the people who would be in the room and in proximity of a wartime leader. Every single person ought to have been vetted for their diplomatic and security sensitivities if the Prime Minister and his massive apparatus were doing their jobs. The Prime Minister is now responsible for the biggest single diplomatic embarrassment in Canadian history. And what has he done with that responsibility? He's been hiding out at his cottage. For three days, he's hid there instead of coming to the House of Commons and taking responsibility. There's always someone else to blame when it comes to Justin, to Justin Trudeau. But here's the reality. Responsibility and power go together. If he wants the power, he has to take the responsibility and come to the floor of the House of Commons today and apologize to Jews, Poles, Ukrainians, and all Canadians. Justin Trudeau, do your job. Stop hiding. Take responsibility and apologize. Thank you very much. What will an apology do? Because arguably the damage has been done. So what will an apology do? Prime Minister needs to let the world know that he takes responsibility for this colossal failure that is the result of his personal negligence. He needs to pick up the phone 
and personally call President Zelensky and apologize to him. He needs to pick up the phone and call Jewish groups, not just in Canada, but around the world, and apologize to them. He needs to reach out to the Polish uh, embassy and apologize to Poles all around the world to let them know that he takes ownership for the massive harm and embarrassment and shame that his negligence has brought upon our country. Thank you very much. Wow, it sounds to me, uh, Sheila, like Pierre Polyev is uh, channeling Uncle Ben Parker. You know, I was going great... to say, he quoted Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, he right. did. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. But you see, when it comes to blackface, he channels an Elton John song, which is, sorry seems to be the hardest word. And, Sheila, if he is coerced into an apology, I am betting the house it's going to be one of those fake half-baked apologies where he has pronoun problems, you know, using the pronoun we instead of I, that we have learned a great lesson, we have to do better. No, 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 no. Use I. I apologize. I have to do better. Everything Pierre Polyev said in that clip is correct, uh, Sheila. Yesterday, Andrew Scheer, who used to be the Speaker of the House, so he knows all about the protocols and the rules and the legislation, was um, you know, citing chapter and verse that there's no way you can have somebody come into the House of Commons like a hunka without him being veda. There's just no way. And so there is a lot that is not being told here. And... It's on the Prime Minister to apologize, but he just can't say those words, can he, Sheila, even in this case? He can't say those words when it's something that he did wrong, right? Rose Knight, she experienced it differently. He's so sorry that she experienced it differently, not so sorry that his hands ended up on her butt. Um, it's He's familiar with apologizing for things that would give him great glory in apologizing for, particularly when there are things that he is not responsible or that Canada didn't do. Um, but he can't apologize for his own bad behavior. And I think um, he might have a caucus revolt on his hands. Um, and... You know, like even liberal voters are bleeding from the party. But I think and I don't I, I don't think that his MPs are are breaking ways with him. I think it is absolutely self-preservation. Uh, these people want their pensions. And Justin Trudeau right now, if you're a liberal MP on your first term, uh, he's a threat to you having your pension because his buffoonishness is going to hang around your neck like a millstone. No, and Sheila, I'm glad you mentioned Rose Knight. When he made that uh, pseudo-apology, again, he was using the pronoun we. We know this. We know we've right. learned yeah, something. Yeah, I didn't grope But wait her. a minute. <laughs> I, I, I'm a heterosexual guy. I've never groped any woman in my life. Well, what do I have to say sorry for? You did that, not me and not millions of other Canadian males who are gentlemen. And uh, same with blackface. You know, we have to do better. I've never put blackface on my face. Like, wh why are you throwing in everyone that's on good behavior as part of the we club? And look at the chronology that this fiasco occurred on Friday. Uh, by Sunday, uh, that's when the chatter started it, with 
great uh, effect of um, Ezra uh, tweeting about the chronology and about how things weren't kind of adding up. And on Monday, Blackface takes a personal day off, or what, the surf was up in Tofino. And then yesterday, uh, he buggered out of Ottawa to uh, Toronto. He went to the Toronto Congress Centre to give some speech to um, auto parts manufacturers. Um, you know, it's kind of funny, Sheila, Efren and I, we went out there. Uh, he was greeted by several protesters with some very uh, nice signs. I, I put nice in quotation marks. Uh, we cut into the audio feed of what he was saying to the auto, make, uh, the auto parts makers. And again, diversity. He's still playing the diversity card. What does diversity have to do with auto parts manufacturing? Uh, I mean, I, I'm taking it for granted if I went to a Ford or a GM or a Chrysler or a Honda or a Toyota or a Lexus plant, all of which are making cars in Ontario, and I've been to these plants before. They're very diverse. No one talks about it. it that ship has sailed, uh, Sheila, but he's somehow got to get the diversity element into making cars. And I think we have uh, a clip of, um, I don't know if we're going to run the audio, but just, just to show you some of the signage that was greeting Trudeau yeah. at the uh, Toronto Congress Centre. Uh, WEF and Trudeau Oops. must go. Totally agree with that. As you can see, high, high security. And uh, he was in that building uh, blathering on about diversity. You know, the thing is, Blackface, I, you really are committed to diversity, aren't you? Because in the House of Commons, <laughs> you invited a Nazi war veteran. It doesn't get more diverse than that in a perverse sort of way. I love that flag. Look at that, <laughs> Sheila. Two of the images, of which there are many, because even Blackface himself has forgotten how many times he's done that makeup. Uh, but God bless those uh, soldiers out there reminding this prime minister that uh, he's not getting away with uh, these shenanigans. Uh, you know what, though? They they think this is over because uh, Rhoda is no longer the speaker. And they think this is over um, because they're trying to ride it out through a long weekend that's coming up, or maybe it's the weekend after. I forget Truth and Reconciliation Day is coming up or just Tofino Surfing Day or whatever it is for the, uh, the federal <laughs> government. Um, but I think they're trying to just rag the puck to get there and oh, hopefully yeah. th this sort of fizzles out. But I don't think it's fizzling out. So Rhoda's resigned. He's taken the blame. And if I understand the health minister correctly, also somehow Putin is to blame. So, <laughs> so uh, let's roll that what? video. Yo, Putin, <laughs> there's nothing that guy can't do. Let's watch this. Consequence in your own words, does that not require a government response, an official apology within the House of Commons? on behalf of the government for the mistake that Speaker Rhoda made. So, Will you make that case? Well, I, I, again, uh, I understand, as all of us, I stood and applauded. I stood <laughs> in my place and applauded. And for that, I am deeply sorry, personally. I feel betrayed myself that I was put into a situation and I stood and applauded something that was contrary to my values. But I, it seems to me that we're all extremely zealous uh, about continuing to pursue this. When what we need to be zealous yeah. about 
And, and I can see you shaking your head no, and I would ask you, because I'm sure you and I are aligned in the cause of democracy. I'm sure you and I are aligned in standing against autocracy. And if we're going to battle against the, and we're going to spend all of our time and energy fighting on somebody who has stepped down, who is an honorable gentleman. The question was not is, about the speaker. The question is about an apology. Right. Will the government apologize? So as you're Does, yelling at me, as I'm you're, not yelling, I'm just trying to uh, as you're yelling at as you're yelling at me, okay, <laughs> about what about what you feel the government should or shouldn't do, I'm trying to say to you that I believe the focus of this government, the focus of all parliamentarians, should be standard united. Because what is Putin doing with this? He's lying. He's manipulating. He's trying oh, to turn an earnest mistake into something else. Is it that put it behind us though until he can move on to what you want to talk about? I think that the the the, the, the situation uh, was totally unacceptable. Uh, and that we, uh, I'm not sure what, what, what folks are after here. I mean, in, in the question. Let me, let me be very clear. I, I said, it, so let me, let me, let me say, let me say this because I can only speak for me. I'm the person that's in front of you right now. I deeply apologize personally. I stood and I applauded somebody who is completely contrary to my values. That was made me feel disgusting. Okay, I felt awful and terrible after. Then resign. I apologize resign. to anybody who suffered. I apologize to the, the Jewish community. I apologize to anybody who fought in, in, uh, against the darkness that that is. I can say to them that the core of my values is that I stand full square with them and I would lay down my life in that cause. So I personally apologize and I am deeply sorry. And I, if every parliamentarian I talked to who stood and applauded that day, I know feels that way. Oh, really? Then why aren't we hearing apologies from every parliamentarian on the liberal side, including the big boss man, blackface himself, Sheila? When you lose the media as a liberal, <laughs> you've got a big problem on your hands. Did you hear the cacophony of outrage when he said, I don't know what you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what you want, he said. She told you, are, are you going to go make the case that the prime minister should stand up in the House of Commons and apologize for this? Yeah, that's uh, the mainstream media. He's like, I don't know, I don't know what you want from me. Um, unbelievable. And, and the look in his eyes at getting tough, valid questions, Sheila. You know, it, it reminds me, I think it was back in the uh, early 60s, there's this famous Ed Sullivan show clip. It had a line tamer on. And the lion tamer is losing control of the lions on live TV. And they yeah. take the camera off the act that is going south. And that was the look yeah. he had, much like that lion tamer, like, hey, come on, cats. You're supposed to sit on stools and jump through flaming hoops. Don't you know yeah. your role? Uh, we pay you, after all. So it was really quite something. But to the point about Putin, right, who... Yes, Putin is using this. As we discussed back on Monday, Sheila, Putin has used the excuse of, and this is his word, denazification of Ukraine. Uh, this idea that there's Nazis galore in Ukraine, which is a, a huge stretch, uh, let me tell you. But guess what? Thanks to inviting a Nazi, yeah. an SS uh, Nazi, no less, into the House of Commons. Putin, all we, just all he, all he has to do is say, see, told you, look. I mean, they're even in Canada. How many do you think there are in Ukraine? We gave Putin 
a multi-billion dollar propaganda gift. Imagine the humiliation of being trotted out to stand in front of the media to say, guys, lay off. <laughs> Putin is using my idiocy as a propaganda win. Like, that's what he stood there and said. Guys, stop. Because the more you make fun of me for how dumb I am, the more powerful Putin gets in his messaging. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, uh, it, it, no, wow indeed, uh, Sheila. And uh, let's uh, actually, before we move ahead to this last thing, uh, this article that we just published this morning, let's go to the uh, best. And I say this because I'm from Alberta, but I'm sure a fan of Scott Moe lately. Uh, the best premier in the country being asked about the Nazi scandal, Daniel Smith. Yes. Oh, we need a sec to queue that up. Okay, but in cute. the meantime, Sheila, as Olivia is queuing that up, what we have to be wary of is uh, basically Trudeau spending his way out of this to get support. As we speak, I understand oh. Toronto Mayor Olivia Chow is in Ottawa, and Trudeau is no. seeing that even in the liberal hotbed of Toronto, uh, the tide is turning against the Liberals. What do you want to bet he's going to cut some multi-million or billion dollar check for transit, for refugee accommodation, what have you? You mentioned uh, on the 30th, it's uh, Reconciliation Day. He'll probably, uh, you mark my words, meet with some native band and again cut some multi-million or billion dollar check, uh, hopefully some for something good and tangible like, oh, you know, uh, clean water. drinking water, for example. <laughs> housing, so housing the, water, yeah. Uh, this is his strategy, uh, Sheila. He's going to try to spend his way out of this. Or I think also virtue signal overreact with legislation. So he's going to say, look how bad the Nazi problem is in Canada. <laughs> they even tricked me, the smartest man in the country, into celebrating one of them. And so now we need this internet task force to go and hunt down crypto-Nazis, by which he means everybody who disagrees with him. He yeah. doesn't mean like real Nazis living in comfort in uh, suburban uh, Ontario. Um, he means people that disagree with him. I'm worried that he's going to try to virtue signal his way out of this by introducing anti-Nazi legislation, which is just censorship legislation against everybody else. You know, Sheila, on that point, we must make note of Karina Gould yesterday with her uh. cockamamie idea, which is even worse than censorship. And you're saying, what could be worse than censorship? How about reversing the record, cleansing the record. She wanted Hansard to be expunged. What happened on Friday was kind of like that, you know, I think it was season nine of Dallas back in the 80s. It never happened. Bobby Ewing didn't die. He's just having a shower. So the entire season didn't happen. She wanted Hansard to be like an etch-a-sketch. You can just tilt it a couple of times and all the sordid mess disappears. Can you believe that, Sheila Gunn-Reed? You want me to believe that the government that is currently trying to control what you can see and say and read on the internet tried to do an Orwellian mulligan 
On yeah. the official record in the House of Commons? David, will I never. That seems so outlandish. Um, of course, of course they would try to do that. I mean, it's not because they're trying to erase the honor given to this Nazi. They're trying to erase their role in the honor given to the Nazi. That's what's going on here. Unbelievable. But I do think we have the aforementioned Daniel Smith um, clip. So let's hear what Premier Smith has to say about this fiasco on steroids. Well, I have um, Jewish staff members who were off on Yom Kippur, which is one of the most holy days in the um, in the Jewish calendar. And I can't tell you the, the hurt that has caused to members of the Jewish community that this occurred. It's humiliating for Canada. Uh, it's embarrassing. And I'm glad that the speakers apologized and he's resigned for the mistake he made. Um, it was extremely inappropriate. I think everyone recognizes that. And um, I, I'm, I'm watching it with interest to see if the, the prime minister will also apologize today. Oh, absolutely. And I wouldn't stop at Jews being outraged over this, Sheila. Uh, polls, uh, you know, yeah, the SS... For the most this part, is a, sorry oh, go ahead. to interrupt you, but this this is a heavily Polish part of the world. Yeah. By the way, um, very Polish, very Ukrainian, um, and so it, it's not just the Jewish community, um, but you know, so many Albertans are are touched by this issue. And uh, yeah, humiliating, embarrassing, uh, revolting, actually. And also Canadian veterans and veterans of our allied nations during the Second World War who were, you know, going over to Europe to kill people like Hunka, not honor them in Parliament. I think of my uh, dearly departed grandfather. He spent more than five years of his life in the Second World War, enlisted, had a full head of red hair, came back. Uh, his hair was snow white. Never talked about the war. I can only imagine um, the horrors he saw. But to sacrifice that much of his life, to put his life literally on the line, and then to see some scumbag SS uh, German Nazi uh, be lauded in the House of Commons, I can't even imagine, Sheila, what he would say. We don't even have to go back that far to see Justin Trudeau's disrespect of veterans. This is a prime minister who told a war-wounded Canadian veteran in Edmonton yep. that he was asking for more than the government could give. And then the government gave a Nazi a round of applause in the House of Commons. This is a government that, through Veterans Affairs, offers medical assistance in dying to our veterans because their medical or psychological crises at the time are just too inconvenient for the angel of death veterans affairs caseworker on the other end of the line. But they honored a Nazi veteran. Uh, this is a government that told a wounded veteran in a wheelchair, a Paralympian, that perhaps she should consider medical assistance in dying when all she needed was a stair lift in her house. So, um, you know, there, there are a lot of apologies to go around, but when you preface how Justin Trudeau has treated our current veterans versus how he treated this Nazi SS war criminal, um, I think it speaks to where his mind is at. You're bang on, Sheila, and you forgot one uh, <laughs> notable thing in that chronology. I think that disgraceful remark to the Edmonton veteran, that was back in 2017, if I do recall. Rock. Blazchek. Let's remember his name, yes. not Yaroslav Hunka's. 
Uh, yeah, or how about another name uh, we'd like to forget but can't, and that is our homegrown Al-Qaeda terrorist who in 2016, because, you know, there's such a rush in the Trudeau mandate. He only got elected in October of 2015, but by 2016, not even a year into his mandate, $10.5 million check cut to Omar Khadr, uh, a terrorist, a murderer, somebody that, you know, killed a U.S. service officer and partially blinded another, and he gets eight figures for hurt feelings. I mean, you know, Trudeau really knows who to pick when it comes to hanging out with people, eh, Sheila? Joshua Boyle. Oh, another one? Uh, Jaspal Atwal. Yeah, yeah, the the list goes on and on and on and on how Justin Trudeau has sympathy for the devil, just loves being on the wrong side of history every step of the way. We should uh, get to this article that we just published this morning by our freelancer, Andy Lee, uh, before we hit an ad break, because... Chris, for those people at home who don't know, and I don't know how you possibly couldn't, Christia Freeland's grandpa was a Ukrainian propagandist for the Nazis. He was a newspaper publisher, and he allowed his newspaper to be completely colonized and co-opted by the Nazi war machine to publish propaganda. So we know that her grandpa was maybe not a Nazi, but at least a Nazi sympathizer, for sure, whitewashing the crimes of the Nazis. Well, let's bump ahead a little bit, because Christian Freeland's uncle by marriage, oh no, <laughs> uh, Miroslav Shkandri, defended Ukrainian Nazi volunteers to the Waffen-SS as freedom fighters against Russian Bolshevism. It's in a book that he wrote. It's a footnote. Um, about the Waffen-SS division and its legacy, noted that statements against Freeland in a military magazine, Esprit de Corps, accused Freeland of defending World War II uh, Waffen-SS in uh, Galicia. He said that those comments against her were malicious and defamatory intent. In intent. Um, but this article is is impeccably um, researched by Andy. She dug through the archives in Manitoba. Mm. Um, and uh, if you keep going. Um, yeah, Andy Lee dug through the archives, not CBC, not the Toronto no. Star. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. So if, if you go through this, so she dug through the University of Manitoba archives on the Shkandri lineage. And it listed Miroslav Skandri as being born in 1950, fathered by Boris Skandri in England after he was released from a prisoner of war camp in Italy in 1949. Now, that mm. is not an al that's that was a prisoner administered by the allies for people from the other side who fought for the Nazis. So her uncle by marriage sounds like his dad was a Nazi. Um, and then, um, so anyways, it goes on and on and it goes through, um, how, um, her uncle by marriage, his dad volunteered for, um, the, uh, SS and was sent to officer training before he joined the force in Slovakia in late 1944. So likely well aware of what was happening Yeah, around Europe at the time. That's right. If you're fighting in Europe 
prior to May 8th, 1945. We really have to know what side you were fighting on. Uh, we found out that from Honka. Hey, Sheila, is it too early to refer to uh, um, Freeland as Fraulein Freeland? <laughs> That's how Ezra's been calling her all week. And, um, you know, this is shameful. It, it, I shouldn't be laughing, but, you know, believe me, folks, inside I'm crying. It just gets darker and darker. But you know what, Sheila? We're past halfway mark. We have to take an ad break. Mm -hmm. And when we get back, uh, we have some other uh, news uh, to report on. So keep it here, folks. Dr. James Lindsay, who is a frequent guest of both Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson, and the host of the New Discourse podcast, is coming to Alberta for the first time. And so the conclusion was that we now have to train men the way that we train dogs with like leashes and shock collars and, and things in order to in order to get rape culture to go away. Medic religion is actually the easiest way to kind of make sense, honestly, of the trans phenomenon as well. Well, the queer theory thinks that there are certain people who get to set the norms of society. Dr. Lindsay will be speaking directly to the dangers of critical theory and its gender ideology uh, that are pushing their way into children's classrooms. In queer theory, you know, calling somebody saying you're a man or a woman is called a violence of categorization. You just, why don't you say it's, this is systemic sexism and distinguished from what most people think of as sexism. She said, no, it is sexism, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. But they're clearly not the same thing. You don't want to miss this, tickets are selling fast. You can get yours today. That is being run by Take Back Alberta, so you can get those tickets on their website. October 2nd and October 3rd are the dates. And it's going to be an incredible event. Hey, Ben Shapiro here. This November, the Wilberforce Project is bringing me to Canada. If you want to fight the woke machine destroying families, join me in Calgary for my talk, hosted by the Wilberforce Project. Go to benshapirolive.ca for info and tickets. Lots of good stuff happening in Alberta. Oh, coming for up sure. very soon. By yeah. the way, Sheila, are you going to any of those events uh, in Alberta? The Shapiro event I'm, or Taking Back Alberta? Yeah, I'm going to go to the Shapiro event and I'll go to the James Lindsay event in Edmonton when it's there. And then I've got some other things that I need to attend in between. So I, it's very busy. Good for these groups bringing these big names into our uh, bustling little province. It's fantastic. And... Um, by the way, we were talking about veterans, and there is uh, here. Well, it's a tenuous link, but um, well, look at this: Education Minister Stephen Lecce, aka Claude Rains, the Invisible Man. Um, he well, there's a staffer in his office, uh, Sheila, who's being charged with defrauding the Vaughn Legion. Um, well, these allegations haven't been proven in court, but if this is the case, wow. That's pretty low, isn't it? Defrauding a legion outlet? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, he says he didn't know about any of the charges pending against her uh, until she was charged. Like, he didn't know there was an investigation. I take him at his word, but I would be maybe opening up the constituency's books now, too, um, because uh, these people, uh, I don't know. It just... She obviously had access to a lot in his office. So, you know what, I hope um, for the sake of the donors to the Progressive Conservative Association in his riding that that isn't the case. But yeah, not great <laughs> to defraud the Legion, that's for sure. 
Well, uh, certainly uh, Lecce has been unofficially defrauding the taxpayers of Ontario when it comes to education matters. Uh, his kind of uh, philosophy, Sheila, is, well, goodness knows anything goes. Uh, it's funny how this so-called conservative government back in 2018, the first election in which they got elected with a majority, were running, one of the planks was against the McGinty win sexualized sex ed uh, curriculum. Uh, it's way worse today in 2023 than it was then. And all the fiascos, school boards having parents uh, ousted under threat of arrest, uh, libraries at schools, elementary schools containing pornographic materials, our good old friend Busty Lemieux getting away with murder, get, you know, to the point where at one point for months he was being paid to stay at home and get a full salary and benefits because uh, Lecce, for some reason, was... Uh, he just couldn't even implement a dress code, for goodness sakes. This is one of the worst ministers in Ontario's history. He literally runs away from parents when they try to confront yeah. them with the sexualization. So, uh, you know, it, uh, I'm not uh, shedding a tear for this guy. Uh, as I said, he's missing in action. He is the opposite of a leader. And I've heard rumors, Sheila, I hope these are falsehoods, that um, he might be thinking of running as a federal conservative. My advice to Pierre Polyev, stay away from this guy like he's a rabid skunk. He is the opposite of a conservative. You don't need Lecce on Team Polyev. He is going to cost you votes, not get you votes. Yeah, let's hope that somebody organizes a nomination challenge to him, if that's the case, I, I wanted to ask you. I know it's on the not on the board, but I have an ongoing, friendly dispute with one of my oldest, bestest friends on the face <laughs> of the earth, Mike, uh, my friend who communicates with me nearly exclusively in wrestling videos. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> yes, you know Mike. Okay, um, so Mike says that. Busty Lemieux was just trolling. It was a gag from the beginning, and you and I have been had. And I reject that wholeheartedly um, because I think it's more, it's a fetish. And no one's putting up with the fetish anymore, so that's why he's not doing it. I think if he were truly, truly trans, um, that he would say, no, this is, uh, uh, if I can't teach as my true self, then I will not teach at all. Um, but no, he's going to school now dressed as a male. Um, I think it was a fetish where he saw how far he could get away with it and it no longer worked out for him anymore. I don't think it was a, a troll on society because what's the payoff, right? Like he's hiding. He's trying to go back to obscurity. If he were a troll that trolled us all, he would be like, ah, ha ha, I got you all. He's not doing that. He's just trying to go back to his obscure life. Sheila. Every time we do a Busted Lemieux story, we get <laughs> dozens and dozens of comments on the comment section. And it's, oh, Rebel News, how can you be so stupid? He's on our side. He's trolling the woke school no, boards. he's Here, not. I'm going to be very clear. I've said this before. You know, for all those who believe he's trolling, um, show me the proof. 
there are three things that are potentially happening. One we can throw in the paper shredder right away, and that is a man transitioning into a woman. If he was legitimately trans, you want to blend in with the other sex. You don't want to be a grotesque caricature. I think for a trans person, the best compliment would be if a man is pretending to be a woman, other people in the room think that's a legitimate biological woman. But we see by the props, clearly that's not the case. So it's one of two things. One, he's trolling the board. The second is, as you said, this is a fetish. Um, probably autogenophilia, getting aroused, you know, a man getting aroused by wearing the props of a woman, you know, the fake boobs, the high heel shoes, etc. I am leaning on the side of this being a sexual perversion, yeah. Sheila, and I will tell you why. As I've said so many times, before this story broke last September, that's September of 2022, we had evidence sent to us by uh, a woman whose young daughter was in a private dance recital in Burlington. This is before 2022. And it was Busty Lemieux in full drag regalia. He snuck in at the intermission mark to watch eight to 12 year old girls dance. Now, as you can imagine, when the curtain comes up and he's right in the first row. I mean, I couldn't get her on camera, Sheila, but more importantly, I got I know the where photo. This is going. And he's yeah. right in the front row, folks. And as you can imagine, the, the, the mothers at this recital, because he stands out like a proverbial sore thumb, are saying, who's that person? And they went down to the front row after the dance number ended, and they said, do you have a child here? And he said, no. And they said, well, you have to leave. And he left. But what was even more disturbing, according to my source, is that when they went down there, and I'm going to try to use the most polite words imaginable, remember, he's watching girls the age of 8 to 12 dance, and it appeared that he was in a state of physical arousal. Now, you Ooh. tell me that is somebody punking or trolling the system. No, this is one sick weirdo in my yeah. humble uh, assessment. And that's what I say to all you people that give us heat. Oh, you're dumb. Don't you understand what he's doing? How do you explain that one? Settle down. It's a friendly dispute with me and Mike. <laughs> We're not <laughs> mad at each other. Uh, we just disagree on this one thing. Uh, yeah, like he wears bike shorts. So it's obvious uh, to see when he is um, enjoying what's before him, uh, to use uh, just the most polite language to so uh, explain a very disgusting man. But uh, yeah, I, th I think it, he's an absolute pervert weirdo. Um, I think uh, oh God. By, sa by saying he's trolling, it actually excuses just how disgusting it is, what he's doing to other people's kids. Like he's making, the kids are also part of the fetish, right? Yep. That these kids are forced to be unwitting participants in his sexual perversions thanks to the board who are enabling him. And Actually, now I think he can't get away with it anymore. Sheila, board's plural. And that's another mystery. I tried yeah. to unravel it, but I can't get anywhere because everybody hides behind privacy and confidentiality, even though this might be a sexual pervert on the uh, taxpayer payroll. But he was with the Halton District School Board, um, and I've been banned for life from going there, folks, because when I showed you up... You have, you have, but the pervert hasn't. That yeah. You have because you showed up dressed like the pervert, 
doing not perverty things, but the pervert could still go to the board meetings. Oh, Sheila, when it comes to the educrats, they're all down with the radical transgender revolution, even though this isn't a trans person at all. As long as it's in front of the kids, when you go to their inner sanctum at a school board meeting, oh, this is false and offensive, and uh, I get a trespass letter. But here's what I don't understand. This story, as you know, for months received the attention of the world press, much like Hunkergate right now uh, in the House of Commons. And this guy made the school board and uh, poor Oakville Trafalgar High School, which is a good school, I understand, the laughing stock of the world. So how was it, Sheila, that he is no longer at Oakville Trafalgar, he's no longer with the Halton District School Board, he's with the Hamilton Wentworth District School Board, and at uh, Francis Nora Henderson Secondary School. What would motivate the trustees, what would motivate the principal of Henderson Secondary to say, oh yeah, we want that. Uh, we want to be under uh, the world spotlight. We want to be mocked and made fun of. And lo and behold, Sheila, he shows up uh, earlier this month for the first day of school at boob free, but wait a minute. He said in his only on the record interview back in February with the New York Post, he can't take off those Z cup prop breasts because you see, he's got a rare medical condition, folks, uh, like one in eight billion, where at the age of 38, he started to develop these humongous Z cups. They are actual real life mammary glands. So he can't, he can't do anything about it. Sheila, to me, and this is the question I put to the school board, is that this, yeah. Freak was essentially lying about a disability. That to me, I'm not a labor lawyer, but me thinks that is dismissal with cause. But they're still protecting this guy. They are so terrified of coming across as transphobic, even though as we've said three times, he's not trans, they won't do anything. And they protect this guy, look at him, that's his new look. Uh, Mr. Lemieux, as I asked you back in April, where, oh, where are your breasts? I mean, did you have breast reduction surgery? Or maybe these are props, because what are the odds, Sheila, that the boobs I bought at eBay for 500 bucks or 250 a boob are the exact same size and density that he has with this rarefied medical condition? Give me a break. You know, I never should have asked because you just went on a 10 minute rant <laughs> <laughs> and we have a lot of other things to talk about, but I, know, I just, sorry. Uh, I thought I would address that because uh, not only do I hear it from my beloved friend, Mike, um, but I hear it from other people in the email section where they're like, you guys, he's just trolling and look at now that he's gone back to being just a regularly dressed weirdo and not a a uh, cartoonishly dressed weirdo that it was just obviously a trolling effort. But usually with trolling, there's a payoff where you can actually take a victory lap around the people you fooled, right? Like that's 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 what I do on the internet. Um, but uh, uh, there's none of that happening here. But Sheila, one little quick epilogue there, since he's gone back to being a man or someone who identifies as being a man, who knows what the real accurate language is these days. We were also sent... Uh, photos of him on a certain dating site. And guess what, folks? 
He's not a man seeking a woman. He is in full busty Lemieux regalia. This time it's just- a lesbian? Pardon me? Is he a lesbian? Is he pretending to be a lesbian now? Yeah. Oh yeah, nothing changes but the pronouns. We should set him up with Ash Davis, that gender bender grifter with the Fergus Highlanders. He's pretending to be a lesbian. There's two biological males that could really have fun with each other pretending to be lesbians, but- they're actually biological men with if those penises. two meet, <laughs> if those two meet, it'll create a black hole and the entire <laughs> earth will get sucked into the center of it. Let's move ahead because yeah, we've got please. a story on the issue of per- yeah. Like, I'll be happy if we spend the last year dealing with Busty Lemieux. If that person again <laughs> gets sucked into a black hole, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Um, but on the issue of weirdos in the classroom, um, <laughs> and Justin and people breaking ranks with Justin Trudeau, although I don't think he he ever really had these people um, as loyalists to himself. He just thought he did. Um, The Muslim Association of Canada has rebuked Justin Trudeau over parents' rights. I wrote this up yesterday for the website. They said, we demand that every child deserves a coercion-free education environment where they are not forced to engage in activities contrary to their faith. So this isn't just about Muslim kids. Their um, demands, they're about all kids, including my own. Um, uh, They said, uh, this was in regard to uh, the One Million March for Children demonstrations. They issued a statement in support of those demonstrations before that. They said, we recognize the intended purpose of community members to hold these protests is to to maintain the rights of parents to be actively involved in their children's education and for children to uphold their religious beliefs. Now, they came out um, the other day and said, we call on politicians and school boards, beginning with Justin Trudeau, to retract their deeply inflammatory and divisive comments and issue an apology to the thousands of Canadian parents hurt by these comments. So they are tired of politicians and these woke corporations, for some reason, municipal governments, school boards coming out and saying that if you oppose the likes of Busty Lemieux waggling his wiener in bike shorts in front of your kid, that you're somehow a transphobe, they've had it. And I'm so excited because good luck calling these people intolerant. Well, um, um- Blackface is not going to bend to this, uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed. And I'm so happy this is becoming a wedge issue because um, there are a lot of Muslims (laughs) that vote liberal. And I don't think that's going to be the case, whether it's next year or the year after when we have our federal election. But don't expect the left to um, listen to that narrative because it's actually quite the opposite, folks. Sheila, as you know, tonight... I'm going to Kitchener, I'm going to the Waterloo Region Council, because they're going to vote on a motion where it's going to be illegal. They're going to have a bylaw that you cannot hurt the feelings with any kind of slogan, any kind of sign when it comes to the Spirit Unicorn Syndicate. So yeah, only them. They're special. They're the sacred cows of society. So in other words, Sheila, If this bylaw was in effect in uh, Waterloo Region last week when we had the One Million March for Children, 
that would be deemed an illegal gathering. You would be trespassed and you would be fined up to $250 for just having a sign saying, oh, I don't know, hands off our kids, or I am against Soji, anything along those lines. So we're gonna see if that motion passes, but we see similar censorious legislation in Edmonton, Calgary, London, and this is a growing trend with these Marxist um, uh, bureaucrats and uh, counselors, Sheila, shutting down the debate uh, by law and by financial penalty. This, and, and by the way, there is no hope in hell. I'm not a constitutional lawyer, much like I'm not a labor lawyer. This cannot win in a court of law. This will be deemed unconstitutional under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which protects this kind of demonstration. You know what I say to these people? Let's rumble. Yeah. You know what? Let's rumble. Uh, in Calgary, we're helping uh, Pastor Derek Reimer, who has uh, received tickets for um, and, and incarceration for protesting Drag Queen Story Hours at the public library. So not only do you have a right to protest uh, what's happening in a free country, but you also have the right to oppose your government, yep. which is what he's doing because these are happening in municipal facilities. So this is a government decision and he gets to oppose his government in the public square and nothing can get more public than a government facility. It's, it's something owned by everybody and administered by the government and yet he's in trouble for it. So, uh, you know, if they wanna, they wanna bring this in and they wanna start ticketing protesters, Let's rumble. Let's see how this turns out for everybody. And, and Sheila, it's so outrageous. I mean, where does this end? I mean, right now it's all this protection for members of the Rainbow Mafia. But uh, what next? Uh, you can't protest against Hindus. You can't protest against Muslims. Again, well, they'll never have a, <laughs> a bylaw saying you can't protest against Christians. Uh, but you see what I'm saying? Uh, how far along are we going to go cherry picking what groups are sacred cows where seldom is heard a discouraging word? And if you're not all down with that, you're going to be trespassing, given a fine. It's outrageous. Yeah. And, you know, we saw this actually play out in real time. So when churches reopened here in Alberta, Pastor Arch Church was picketed by... Uh, you know, busybodies who don't go there. A church in the vine was picketed by a couple of weirdos in the ditch <laughs> um, across, like, whatever. Uh, and, you know, a church in the vine didn't call for them to be arrested. They didn't call it a hate crime. They didn't call anything. They just said, look, this is this is their right. As long as they're not on our property, we don't really care all that much. We're probably just going to pray for them. Uh, likewise, with Pastor Art, we saw this with Pastor Hildebrandt's church also. Um these people have no problem seeing Christian churches picketed. Now, the Christian churches don't actually have all that much of a problem with <laughs> yeah. it either. Yeah. Um, it's just this one select group that is, uh, you know, protected from any and all criticism in a free society, which makes it not all that free at all, does it? It doesn't. And you know what, folks? What I love about Sheila Gunn-Reed is her two most oft-repeated words in the calendar year of 2023 thus far has been weirdos and wieners. And by wieners, she's not talking hot dogs, okay? <laughs> it comes up on almost every morning meeting. And it just, just puts a I smile just, on my face. <laughs> do you know what? There has to quit being stories about people 
waving their wieners around it. I'll quit saying it in the morning meetings, but I just, it just comes out of my mouth every day. Sequined underpants, helicoptering their wieners. These are phrases that I shouldn't say in a staff meeting, but society makes me say them. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, uh, before we (laughs) get into too much trouble, uh, it's almost the end of the show. Do we have some super chats there, uh, Sheila? You know what? We got to clear up one thing that's left on the list because it's in the YouTube headline, and that is Danielle Smith. We've got a video of her and her health minister. Um, They're asked if they're getting the COVID shot because we don't apparently believe in medical privacy anymore if you are from the mainstream media see that's my problem with all of this madness is it's nobody's business especially the governments but also the media but here's the media asking premier smith if she's going to get a covid shot the federal immunization panel has recommended that folks get their covid booster this fall just curious if we have a sense of when that's going to be available here in alberta and if the province is going to be launching any kind of campaign to encourage people to do that. And I guess personally, if, if you yourself are planning to get the shot. I'll let um, Minister LaGrange tell you. I think we're just, we, I think we're just uh, um, preparing the final details on the just press release on that. Before, you, before that, would you be getting the shot? Look, I'm, I'm a healthy person. I, uh, I tend to take care of my immune system. And I'm, I believe this is something I should talk about with my doctor, not, politi- not uh, media. Sorry. Um, Thank you for the question. And and yes, we just uh, received information from the federal government in terms of when we will be seeing those uh, vaccination, um, those vaccines available to the province. So we're working through the process. Um, As always, um, Albertans uh, do have access for flu, um, influenza, RSV, et cetera, all of the various uh, vaccines that are available. So once we have that information, we'll get it out as soon as possible as part of the normal course of business. Typically, vaccines are available the end of of, um, uh, September, beginning of October. So we anticipate that information coming very shortly. And just the same question to you, Minister LaGrange. Do you plan to get the shot? it depends which shot you're talking about. Like I'm, I'm, I'm COVID. looking. <laughs> I, I'm very healthy as well. Um, I have a very healthy immune system, and uh, you know what? I, I also believe that this is a personal decision for individuals to make. Um, I, I will look at that uh, as as time progresses and what my my journey is. But again, this is a, a personal decision. People have to make it for themselves, for their children, and we respect the decisions that people make. Uh, Sheila, Perfect how about answer. this for an answer? Uh, none of your damn business. Uh, well, I mean, you know what? That's who what is that journalistic jabroni that's asking those questions? Yeah, I want to see his medical records. Like, I want to know, like, what what have you been up to at the doctor? What uh, have what sort of STDs have you been exposed to? Like, it, it's none of his business. Now, the premier and the health minister Lagrange they answered very diplomatically, but they are yeah. right. This is not a question for the media. That was a question that you may have been able to get away with asking under the last guy. But this is the government that believes in medical privacy. And frankly, I think it was outrageous and gross that that journalist asked that question. It's none of their damn business. Oh, okay then, Sheila, we have to uh, uh, cut over to Trudeau making a statement in real time. Let's see what Blackface has to say. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Was solely responsible for the invitation and recognition of this man and has wholly accepted that responsibility and stepped down. 
This was a mistake that has deeply embarrassed Parliament and Canada. All of us who were in this House on Friday regret deeply having stood and clapped, even though we did so unaware of the context. It was a horrendous violation of the memory of the millions of people who died in the Holocaust, and it was deeply, deeply painful for Jewish people. It also hurt Polish people, Roma people, two SLGBTQI plus people, disabled people, racialized people, and the many millions who were targeted by the Nazi genocide. Every year, there are fewer and fewer Holocaust survivors to share firsthand the horrors of what they experienced, and it is therefore incumbent upon us all to ensure that no one ever forgets what happened. I also want to reiterate how deeply sorry Canada is for the situation this put President Zelensky and the Ukrainian delegation in. It is extremely troubling to think that this egregious error is being politicized by Russia and its supporters to provide false propaganda about what Ukraine is fighting for. Friday's joint session was about what Canada stands for, about our steadfast support of Ukraine's fight against Putin's brutality, lies, and violence. It was a moment to celebrate and acknowledge the sacrifices of Ukrainians as they fight for their democracy, their freedom, their language and culture, and for peace. This is the side Canada was on in World War II, and this is the side we are on today. Dans quelques instants, je prendrai la parole en chant. Okay. Well, Sheila, uh, <laughs> it goes to what we said earlier, pronoun problems. Uh, he said how deeply sorry Canada is. Again, yeah, we, not I. And we regret deeply. Again, the S word is not there. Um, once again, uh, as Elton John once saying, Sorry seems to be the hardest word when it comes to blackface. Even at this stage, he is not giving a mea culpa apology, and he is not leveling, I believe, with the truth that everybody at an event like that, in which you have the prime minister and the leaders of the opposition in the House and a visiting head of state who is unarguably the number one assassination target in the world today. You're telling me that not even the janitor was screened that day? Uh, no, not buying it. Uh, they were trying to pull a fast one, I think, and they got caught. And now that it's blown up in his face like a uh, uh, one of those uh, prank cigars, he is still trying to absolve himself of any blame. What a narcissist. You know, this comes down to Justin Trudeau and his government so hating the Russians that they lost sight of the fact that the Russians were our allies at one point. And they yep. so hate the Russians that they seem to hate the Russians more than they hate the Nazis. And that's why that guy got a round of applause. And they just didn't realize that not everybody feels that way. Not everybody feels that the Russians right now are worse than the Nazi genocide heirs, worse than the Waffen SS. I think they get in a bubble and they forget those things. And I, I think he truly thinks that way. And again, he's still blaming 
the speaker directly that he was solely responsible. He didn't smuggle him into the House of Commons under his robes. He did not smuggle that tiny little Nazi genocide heir in under his cloaks. He was screened completely. They know who he was. And he got in there and then everybody stood up and gave him a round of applause because he fought the Russians. That's why he got that's like let cut the crap. Like yeah. it's just garbage. Everybody knows better at this point, and they just think that they can gaslight us into believing their lies. And again, I'll give this anecdote. What blackface feels to understand is that the public is very forgiving. If you stand up there and give a sincere apology, and I always throw back, Sheila, to the tainted Tylenol scandal in the early 80s uh, in the Chicago area where people were being killed by tampered Tylenol. They were taking cyanide. And Johnson & Johnson, the parent company, came out and against the lawyer's advice, which was to shut up and don't say anything, they said, we sincerely apologize, even though really Johnson & Johnson was victimized itself. It, it wasn't, right. this wasn't happening at the factory level. And I'll never forget, I think it was a CNN reporter saying the culprit is still at large, and that remains the fact today, folks. But one thing is for certain, Tylenol as a brand name is dead. Well, in 2023, Sheila, Tylenol has a bigger share of the painkiller uh, category than it did in the early 1980s. And why is that? Because Johnson Johnson gave a sincere apology. They recalled billions of Tylenol tablets the world over, even though this was only confined to the Chicago area. And they were the leaders in tamper-proof packaging, which is now the du rigueur way uh, products are sold. That's why they have uh, succeeded as opposed to Tylenol becoming a, a, a dead brand name. But blackface is a narcissist, Sheila. It's never, ever his fault. And that's why we got that half-baked statement yet again. Yeah, he's sorry that Speaker Rhoda did this to him and embarrassed him. That's what I got out of that statement. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> that, like that's, he just blathered on, but really that's what he said. He's so sorry that he was victimized by Speaker Rhoda and now he's so embarrassed. And now look at the win that Russia got because he's such an idiot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's value in an apology. Just ask Daniel Smith. Yeah, She's the premier now. She's the premier now, and she said sorry and then went on a like a six-year-long apology to her. Um, and she knew to go away when she had made a mistake. And people will forgive. We forgave her right yeah. into the premier's office after she uh, crossed the floor to the PCs and played a major role in delivering us to the um, hideous NDP. But uh, a sincere apology and acts of contrition you know, Canadians are understanding people. Yep. If we believe that you're sincere, I just don't believe he is. And he has, hasn't has actually apologized for anything yet. Um, yep. 
Canada is sorry. And this is another phrase he said. (laughs) This has hurt uh, what Canada stands for. Sheila, uh, in the last eight years, what the hell does Canada stand for? I can't even sing the national anthem anymore. They've changed the lyrics so many times. You know, I uh, trail off after the second verse. Um, So what does Justin Trudeau's Canada stand for in 2023? It looks like uh, being a bunch of censorious thugs to me. That's what Canada stands for. I do love how he stuck the uh, LGBT uh, acronym in there just for good measure, just so that he could be that guy. Um, Let's let's get to these chats uh, because we're over time and I have a a meeting to be in very shortly. Uh, We've got... uh, Five bucks from Kane Enmark, who refers to David and me as a power couple. <laughs> well, if things had been different a few decades ago, who's to say? We're like Scary Sherry and Macho Man, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do my makeup like that on Halloween. So you're going to have to come in with uh, your Macho Man costume and your glasses and we're going to oh, look great. Well, last Halloween, we were supposed to all come in costume, and only myself and one other person showed up, and uh, I was it. mankind. So uh, uh, I'm going to read in the um, in the spirit of the three R's, uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed, I'm going to recycle my mankind costume. <laughs> I dress like mankind every day. <laughs> it's not even a costume. This is how I like to look, uh, right down to the hair. Uh, although one of my kids said that I had Russell Brand hair and I'm very mad <laughs> at her right now. Uh, let's, let's keep going. Annalisa 1964 gives us 10 bucks. My two favorite people uh, looking mighty. Oh, God. Annalisa, why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> she says, uh, looking mighty yummy today, sweet Menzies. She oh, is beautiful as usual. Please, I scare <laughs> easy. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> He just gets a kick out of making me say stuff like that. Thank you, Annalisa. Very kind. Um, and uh, we, we've got uh, World's Worst Gamer gives us a buck and says, hunk of burning love. The government loves Nazis. Well, if you take their round of applause as proof. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, really, that hunka is uh, really playing into all kinds of headlines in terms of a hunka hunka mess in Parliament Hill right now. Yes. Uh, and then we've got one from Nana Awake, 10 bucks. Since this terrorist won't apologize, I think she means Justin Trudeau, the conservatives <laughs> need to strike while the iron is hot and vote no confidence, push the rest to do the right thing. Okay, we need a civics lesson because uh, people always say, well, why don't they just vote no confidence? You need a confidence motion or a confidence issue to vote against the government, and then the government falls and goes to election. So usually those are budget issues. Um, sometimes there are other things that they turn in, turn into a matter of confidence, but if it is not, um, if it's not that, and that's not before the house and the majority of the house doesn't vote against the government on an issue, then it's not a confidence motion and we can't go to election. It, it, that's just how it is. But Sheila, on this issue, because it's not going away, despite that um, Millie Mouse statement uh, Blackface made, um, is this big enough to 
engineer change and and certainly the man that has the trump card as always is jugmeet singh he could mm -hmm. uh pull his support uh for this government but of course what i know i'm dreaming in technicolor he's got to rag the puck until 2025 so he gets his full parliamentary uh pension or uh, is this going to be just another, uh, you know, case of Teflon blackface? Nothing sticks to him, and he'll just, you know, march along like one of the bushwhackers uh, to the next uh, <laughs> egregious scandal. Into the Royal Rumble and right out the other side. Um, <laughs> you know what? It, that's the thing. Unless Jagmeet Singh actually does something that parties in opposition do, and that's oppose, uh, nothing's going to happen here. We've got two more years left of these uh, kooks unless he breaks ranks. He, But I don't think he will because he's getting everything that he wants. And my concern is the liberals know they need Jagmeet Singh's support to continue on. And so what are they going to do? Give Jagmeet Singh every crazy little thing that he wants. And we're going to see the liberals, I think, become more radical and more left-wing just in an, attempt, in an attempt to maintain that NDP coalition because the polls show that it's going to be a conservative blowout yeah. against the liberals in the next election. And so uh, they need to delay, delay, delay. And the best way to delay, delay, delay is to spend in favor of the NDP. Well, Sheila, I have the utmost confidence in blackface uh, creating another scandal in the months ahead. So <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it? not it's like... It's not even. Oh, it's just afternoon here in Alberta, so we could even see another scandal by the end of the day. Absolutely. By the way, speaking of which, I lost the office pool. I guessed Rhoda would be gone by five. Uh, it turned out it was just before two p.m. So, as Maxwell Smart uh, used to say, missed it by that much. <laughs> I didn't even get in on the pool, guys. Okay. Anyways, I think we're all caught up. All right. I think that was the. The last one. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, thank you so much to our uh, super producers, Olivia and Efron. And thank you to your uh, to the folks tuning in. We appreciate your support, especially those who gave us a monetary donation. We love that. Uh, and, of course, a big thank you to my beloved co-host, Sheila Gunn-Reed. We'll be back here tomorrow. And in the meantime, as always, folks, stay safe and stay sane. Canadians are grappling with news blackouts on social media due to the Justin Trudeau Liberal government's Bill C-18. This new piece of legislation demands that social media platforms pay the government for news shared by users, which is an inconceivable task for companies like Meta and Google. So, as a result, they have decided to preemptively block all Canadian news content, including ours at Rebel News. In response to this, we have since teamed up with VPN provider Private Internet Access to ensure that you can continue to access all of our content across a broad range of platforms while also maintaining your privacy. For only $2 a month, you can bypass Trudeau's new censorship laws while you safeguard freedom of speech and continue to get the news that matters to you the most. Visit PIAVPN.com slash Rebel News to take advantage of the 84% discount and four months free. As a bonus, PIA has all of its servers located in the United States, not China.
and they automatically delete user data from their servers to avoid leaks and government subpoenas for information phishing expeditions. Don't delay. Head over to piavpn.com slash rebelnews to stay up to date on the news in Canada and protect your access to it. Don't delay. You don't want to be left behind.